Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast. Uh, coming at you as always, I'm Brant and Bo. Coming at you, what a crazy, crazy week one we had. Uh, we had injuries, we had guys coming out of the woodworks, <laughs> just pulling out fantasy numbers. We had some reminders of the past. We had some quarterbacks that, that some people thought were dead to, dead to the wolves, and, and, and here they are rejuvenating their careers and um that was that was a crazy week one we had some big big upsets we had a tie almost had two ties at 20 apiece uh that was that is what we that is what we love to watch um for anybody that's doing fantasy as we all are there wasn't a whole lot that we wanted to see as fantasy owners on some of these guys um it was it was crazy but it definitely was a great week of football to watch what a great way to get back into it yeah, Brant, you know, uh, it, it, it was odd this week. We had a lot of our top performers just absolutely ball out. I think we saw some some numbers put up this week we may not see replicated all season, and here it is just week one. And then you also had a lot of studs who woefully underperformed this week. Um, and I know we're going to talk about some of those here moving forward, so I won't I won't get into that too too deep here. But man, first of all, it's good to have it's good to have football back, meaningful football. You know, uh, we we wait all year. You know, the season seems like it takes forever, especially when you draft a bad fantasy team or. You know, you deal with injuries and you don't finish where you think you should. You just almost can't wait for the season to get over. And then as soon as it's gone, you miss it and can't wait for the next next year to get back. I know uh, you and I talked on the on the live uh, start set Sunday morning on the page about how it felt like Christmas morning. Um, and boy, did it ever. And it, it was a roller coaster of emotions. It was a roller coaster of uh, – <laughs> highs and lows like you know as a falcons fan i got more of what i'm used to and blowing a, a, a pretty good sized lead so you know something to make you feel like you're at home again and i gotta feel like the one of the smartest people in the u.s when i called it a few weeks ago that russell was not going to come into seattle and walk out with that dub now if you remember correctly when we did discuss this i said there won't be many other wins for seattle to have the rest of this year but um that win was a little extra special to me and a little extra special to, I believe, to the Seahawks to beat Russell in his first game. Um, I'm going I'm to talk about that game just for a quick minute before we hop into injuries because um, I don't think we really broke that down because we did a lot of our breakdowns before that game was over last night. That game last night, you know me. I am faithful Seattle. I watched that from opening kick to – that last final knee where <laughs> where Hackett thought he had three timeouts. Now, this game here, do not look at this for Denver. Denver played almost zero snaps together in the preseason. So these guys here, um, if, if do you, before I jump into this, you have nothing written down off this game too much, do you? I don't want to be giving up something that you looked into. No, I, I, I didn't, uh, didn't expect to be doing this, but uh, I, I... – Denver, Denver looks a lot better than they, they scored, I'll say that. Yes. Um, Denver's, Denver's the, the passing was there, the routes were there. It's That chemistry's not there because they haven't seen the field together. Denver's a team that if you own any of these players in fantasy, do not, do not go out and desperately drop them or trade them for nothing. This team will get on it, and this team is going to be fun to watch. Um Let's get into let's get into our Sundays and and injury news and everything else that you got. 
All right, so, Brant, I want to play like a little – somewhat of a little game here with you, if you will. It's called Injuries Cuff, okay? Okay. So – I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you the player. I'm gonna tell you what the injury is, how much time they're projected to miss. You tell me if there's somebody on that same player's current roster that you'd be moving to pivot to go get if you lost this player. Okay. okay. Right. Starting off with with running back Elijah Mitchell out of San Francisco, MCL sprain, missing two months. Uh, missing two months. It's a big, big, big time. That's that's the, roughly almost half the season. Um, I think you. I think you got to get out, and and if you're a Mitchell owner, you've got to get Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. as your number one waiver claim this week. Um, he saw 59 percent of the snaps. They play Seattle this week, who we just watched get torched by Javante Williams in in um, uh, as a receiving back. I think Jeff Wilson Jr.'s uh, the uh, far and away. Um, handcuffed to him another guy that if you do miss out on there's another two guys Terrian davis price and jordan mason are two other guys that if you miss out on jeff wilson i think go ahead and snag them because i you you know better than a lot of us do shanahan likes to roll out that committee and his number one's down you're gonna see a committee and i think all three of these guys will have some type of role and if you miss out on who we all assume it will be Jeff Wilson's role, if you miss out, you'll at least have two more guys that, that may have a chance to get in there too. Yeah, and uh, you brought up the name that I was going to talk about in uh, Jordan Mason, the undrafted uh, free agent running back, rookie running back out of Georgia Tech. He's another one that, you know, he's the reason Trey Sermon was cut from this roster. Uh, and right now it's expected that him and TDP are going to compete for that second running back spot behind Jeff Wilson Jr. But again, we do all know that Shanahan cycles his backs. So he feeds the hot hand. So, you know, if you're in a real deep league, Jordan Mason may be somebody worth taking a shot on. I picked him up in one of my dynasty leagues uh, about two weeks ago um, when he made the 53-man roster. But that's that's one that I've got my eye on, especially with the Elijah Mitchell news. Mason, Mason, let me throw this out real fast. Mason has obviously shown and gained the respect of that coaching staff by making that roster as an undrafted uh, rookie because, I mean, Trey Sermon, correct me if I'm wrong, fourth-round draft pick was cut a year after. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. Keenan Allen, okay. hamstring, week to week, most likely not going to play Thursday night football. Yeah. Um. I'm going to assume he's not going to play uh, Thursday night, just like you said. Um. Palmer's the guy that I'm looking to pick up. Uh. This week. Um. To replace him. Um. This guy had a very valuable role last year. Whenever. Um. Mike Williams got banged up. Uh, Palmer stepped in and had a very and had a very uh, significant role. He saw seventy five percent of the snap share. Um, I'm not looking too deep into that. Uh, DeAndre Carter, I believe, was his name. Obviously, I haven't looked deep into him. I think that was kind of a fluke. I think Palmer and Gerald Everett are the guys that are really going to benefit from Keenan Allen missing this Thursday, especially this Thursday game. It's going to be a fun one, and we're going to talk about that one here in a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, there's always the, the one other name, too, that I want to throw out there is, is Jalen Guyton. Mm. Um, that, that's also probably available in most leagues that may be worth rostering, you know, in, in the absence of Keenan Allen. I think this week, Thursday night, it's going to be a high-scoring affair, too. So, again, it's never a bad thing to get one of those uh, weapons of a, of a Justin Herbert or, or, or something like that. So, um Okay, uh, let's go down to – let's just talk about – got a couple of quarterbacks here. you got Dak Prescott with a fractured right thumb. He had surgery today, projected six to eight weeks, but they're not going to put him on the IR. Now, if you have Dak and let's say you're in a 14-team Superflex League or a 12-man Superflex League, 
is the pivot just going and grabbing Cooper Rush as quick as you can, or what, what's the move there? If you're in that deep of a league, odds are most of the starting quarterbacks are gone. Um, Carson Wentz is a guy that I would look for on waivers if he's there. Um, that's probably the only one that's probably a valuable option right now that's on waivers. Um, I am going to go out and grab Cooper Rush. This is almost the same identical injury that Russell had last year. And if you remember when Russ came back, he had trouble gripping the ball. He had trouble passing the ball. So if they rush Dak back, which it sounds like they're going to try to by not putting him on the IR because their bye week's not till week nine, I believe was when their bye week is. In my mind, I think Dak should be out till at least week nine, come back week 10, get all that time frame rebuild. Um, Superflex, you're going to get Cooper Rush. Everyone else on that team, you're, you're downgrading expectations. Um, I, think, I, I think Tony Pollard and Zeke are going to be really the only two that are going to benefit from this, and maybe Dalton Schultz. But I, I, you got to temper your expectations for those wideouts, and that's unfortunate too because Gallup was going to be – a very valuable piece in that offense and now I'm not sure that this is going to be his year to be that valuable piece unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to disagree on Gallup a little bit because Gallup's going to take, you know, a few weeks to get back into the, the groove of things, get in a game shape, get, you know, caught up with everything. And so by the time Dak comes back and is healthy himself, Michael Gallup should be 100% good to go. Uh, and I think uh, definitely it would it would show from watching the Sunday night game against the Buccaneers that they were missing another, you know, uh, true presence on the outside there. CeeDee Lamb was pretty well shut down um, because the Bucks really didn't have to pay attention to anybody else out there on that field. So I think, I think Michael Gallup will be a welcome back addition. Okay. Um, next next quarterback, we got Mac Jones with back spasms out of New England. Uh, this one's a day-to-day. Um, obviously, he went for MRIs and it came back negative. That's how they were able to determine it was just back spasms. What do you make of this? Are you lowering expectations in New England, whether he plays or not? How, how are you feeling there? I mean, New England's going into Pittsburgh this week. So, Mac Jones, well, we got to lower expectations on that defense, too, with, with Watt probably missing time, too. Um but, yeah, no, I'm lowering expectations from already the low expectations I had of the wide receivers and 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 that offense altogether. Uh, Mac Jones is going to take some time to get himself back to comfortable, I think. I think those back spasms are, are really going to pay dividend. I mean, if you look at his upcoming schedule, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Green Bay the next three weeks, defense that really get after the quarterback. So, I, I, I'm probably fading Mac Jones, unfortunately. In, in Superflex leagues, you're probably forced to start him. If you got him and you got to start him, um, start him with confidence and, and hope for the best, unfortunately. Um, once again, Carson Wentz is probably really the only name out there. Now, if this becomes worse, I think that his backup can actually be very valuable. You got Brian Hoyer there who's been in that offensive system for a while. This is a guy that I may go out and I may grab in a super flex league because this guy could have some very valuable um, fantasy weeks if Mac Jones misses any time. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to touch on a couple last ones, too, uh, just real quick. Not a whole lot to talk about with these. Uh, Najee Harris left the game uh, due to a foot injury. I think he rolled his ankle there late uh, on top of already having an injury to his foot. Negative x-rays. 
Um, he's already come out and said he's going to practice. He intends to play. This is just one to keep an eye on and maybe monitor. Um, if you're in a shallower league and you can get J- Jalen Warren uh, to go handcuff and reassure that, I'd probably consider doing that. Um, you got Wandale Robinson, the rookie wide receiver from the New York Giants. Uh, he went down uh, with a knee injury on his right side, came back uh, in street clothes with a uh, like a sleeve of some kind on his leg. He's considered day-to-day, again, one to monitor if uh, – uh, as the week progresses. And then the last one is Chris Godwin, uh, who had left with a lame hamstring. Um, Chris Godwin, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that because we weren't sure how ready he was going to be or be, how ready he was going to be week one anyway. Um, so, you know, now we're just going to let him rest that hamstring for a little while and uh, it'll just be, you know, what it is when he comes back at that point because yeah. he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I think the only thing that you can do as a Godwin owner is if you're in a shallower league is, is Julio Jones is going. We saw Julio look really good this week. And if you're in a shallow league, I definitely would take a stab on Julio Jones if he's still out there. I know a lot of people forgot about him because of his past few years have been a, a downfall from him. But Julio looked really, really good this year and looked like he had Tom Brady's trust right away. So if you have an opportunity to go get Julio, I think Julio is going to put up some valuable weeks. Uh, you know, Russell Gage, too, is another name I'll yeah. throw out as a, as a yeah. possible option Absolutely. When, he, when he's there. So, All right, um, so I think that covers the most of our of our injuries. And, you know, so obviously there's a certain level of uh, panic and, and uh, knee-jerk reactions when you see an injury. But there's also a lot of people who make knee-jerk reactions and press the panic button after week one. So what, what more of a fitting topic to move on to than press the panic button slash overreactions here? Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about some things from week one and, and talk about whether this is, they're sustainable or if it was just a fluke thing. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and hit this off real fast with a quarterback because we, we are talking about quarterbacks that, are, that possibly need to fill in for, you know, Dak and Mac Jones. Davis Mills is a guy that I'm really not – he had an amazing week this week. Um I mean, nothing really, you know, to write home about. This guy was very valuable last year at, at times. I mean, he finished as the QB. Um, what was that? Where did I just miss? It? I just missed it. In, in twenty twenty one, he finished as the QB twenty eight. He had he had games where he hung over twenty points, um, over fifteen. He, he he's pretty consistent. And he has all the weapons in the world. This is a guy that I definitely would go out and get. Um, this week one, he just had. Um, he went 23 of 37 for 240 yards and two touchdowns. He did have a fumble. He doesn't have that rushing upside, but this is a guy that can get you 16 points, 15, 15 or more points a week. This is a guy that I definitely would probably look at in the waivers. And like I said, he's got all the weapons in the world with him. He had a, um, a Rex Burkhead, um, um, Brandon Cooks, and, and a couple other receivers that stepped up for him this week. Um, so, yeah, this is a guy that I definitely would look at. Okay. All right, um, so you you went with quarterback. I'll stick with quarterback. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and his woes a little bit here. So Aaron Rodgers on Sunday had a stat line of 34 attempts, 22 completions for 195 yards, an interception, and a fumble to go along with that. Now, I I do want to pump the brakes here slightly as as a little precursor here and say that last week, or last season, week one, they were abysmal as well. And like Aaron Rodgers said in his press conference yesterday, they put four more points on the board uh, Sunday than they did in week one last year, and they and they bounced back just fine. So Aaron Rodgers thinks they're going to bounce back, but we'll see. So let's let's talk about some of his pass catchers here real quick. So 
Robert Tanyan, tight end, was on the field for 36% of snaps. Five targets, three receptions, 36 yards. Yeah, coming, coming one, back from an injury also. Correct. Week one, Sammy Watkins, explosion time, 67% snap uh, share. Uh, three targets, three receptions for 18 yards. Okay. Rand, Randall Cobb, 61% of the, of the snaps. Three targets, two receptions for 14 yards. Romeo Dobbs, rookie wide receiver, 57% snap share. Five targets, four receptions, 37 yards. And Christian Watson, the other rookie, with the probably worst drop of the season in week one. Uh, 66% snap share, four targets, two receptions, 34 yards. Some of these did come with um, Jordan Love for all these guys on the field rather than Aaron Rodgers. But it, I, I think it was worth noting that not even Aaron Jones led this team in pass catching. It was A.J. Dillon, um, which I think was a little bit of a surprise for a lot of us. Um, but Aaron Rodgers looked awful. The re- receiving quarter looked awful. Obviously, I know they were absent Alan Lazard. How big of a difference does Alan Lazard make next week, or is this just a thing where they didn't get a whole lot of time to gel in the offseason and it's going to take a couple weeks to progress? Um, I, I think it's going to take a couple weeks to to um, get this team clicking. Um, there's not a whole lot of trust that I have in this team. I think Lazard does give them a boost. I think you see Lazard be the true one in that offense. Um which unfortunately for him, he's going to see a lot of the number one coverage, so that may actually hurt him. But if you're starting any pass catchers, um, uh, Tanyan is a guy that I definitely would probably feel comfortable starting um, coming back from that injury. He, you said he saw what thirty six percent snap share. Tanya. Yeah, so I think I think Tanyan's snap share is going to go up. He's one of the trusted guys that Rodgers has, and, and Lazar is going to be a trusted guy that he has. Um, I think those two together are, are maybe the only two that I would feel comfortable outside of Jones and Dylan starting. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely not hitting the panic button. There's Aaron Rodgers. This is a two-time MVP, and he gets one of his favorite matchups this week to get himself back on track when they play the Chicago Bears in Lambeau. I'm not pressing the panic button on this offense yet, but you and me both hit this where we don't know if there's a valuable top 30 wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, I think it's going to have to be a group project for for Aaron Rodgers to put up uh, numbers similarly to what he did last year. It's going to take all these guys gelling and, and getting, you know, each week one, one of them has to step up and make some plays and uh, we'll see how that progresses. I think I'm, I'm half pressing the panic button on the Green Bay offense. Um, obviously, they they did this last year and came back and bounced back just fine. Um, but man, if if Rodgers is going to come out and put up numbers like that, that it's going to be a very short season. Um, let, let's move in. Let's move on to a, something on a, on a positive note here. Um, Saquon Barkley is Saquon back, or is it an overreaction to say that? I mean, on the field for eighty three percent of snaps. 18 rushes for 164 yards, averaging 9.1 yard per carry uh, for one touchdown, seven targets, six receptions for 30 yards. So, you know, six yards short of a 200-yard performance from Saquon Barkley this week. Is Saquon back? Is this the old Saquon, or are we just getting, you know, is this a flash in the pan at this point? I think that New York Giants staff has, has noticed what they got. And I think Barkley, as long as he's healthy, I think Barkley is back. 
And I think that they're going to lean on this guy. I mean, they came out and they came back on Tennessee and they won. They're going to lean on Barkley. Um, and, and I think he is back as long as he is as long as he is healthy. And I don't see his workload de- decreasing. He looked phenomenal with that workload. This is definitely a guy that um, if I got in the second round late first, I'm definitely happy having him as my RB1 for this season as long as he stays healthy. And I'm sorry the way that he ran and everything else, it looks like he's protecting himself a little bit more. And so is that coaching staff. So, yes, I think Barkley is back. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's an overreaction at all to say Barkley's back. I think, uh, you know, the, the coaching change, the beefing up the offensive line, all those things are things that are working out really well uh, for Saquon Barkley. And I think those are things that are going to ultimately uh, result in better fantasy numbers for Saquon as the season progresses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to hit on I'm going to hit on another uh, set of running backs here from the Thursday night game. Um, that I have written down. This is this is almost panic button worthy for me. Um, Cam Akers, a third, fourth round draft pick ADP, compared to Daryl Henderson, who was what ninth, tenth, maybe. I may be actually over evaluating his ADP. Eighteen um, percent of snap share for Cam Akers, three carries, zero targets for zero yards, and eighty-two percent snap share for. Henderson with 13 rushes, 47 yards, five targets, five receptions, and 36 yards. Now, Henderson's do not it, – it's nothing jumping off the table. That 82% is what jumps off the table to me. They did play the Buffalo Bills, who have an amazing defense, and they proved that they were ready to come out and play this week. I am almost real close to smashing that panic button on Cam Akers, um, which I know it's it's funny to say because I was all over him last year prior to him tearing his Achilles. And I don't think, from watching that game, it looked like Henderson was more explosive than Akers went on the field. And Henderson's vision had just seemed to be so much better than Cam Akers, and and I think you have to almost hit that panic button on Cam Akers. I've been smashing the panic button on Cam <laughs> Akers for a little over a year now, if not longer. Um, so nothing, nothing really surprised me. I, I guess maybe uh, to see how very, very little he had to touch the ball um, week one was was kind of maybe somewhat shocking. But you know, it wouldn't if you would have told me that they would have started the season on a sixty-five to thirty-five or seventy-thirty split with Henderson being the lead back, it wouldn't have shocked me at all. Um, but to see how much Henderson was involved and how little Acres was, that's 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 telling. And you know, if I happened to be a person who owned any shares in Acres, I'd I'd be I'd be worried at this point. Yeah. And and one of the biggest things that I noticed that that goes unrecognized a lot was um, Henderson's ability to pass block when they did fall back. And I think that's what kept him on the field a lot more was his willingness to throw his nose in there and block for him. And that's what's going to keep him on the field, especially with that line being as new and beat up as they already are. Um, Certainly. So one more guy I want to hit on that I have that never gets respect, and he saw 12 targets this year, or this this past week, on the field for 91% of the snaps. This is going to roll in with my quarterback. Brandon Cooks, guys. This man just keeps doing it. Seven receptions on 12 targets, 82 yards, 15 fantasy points this week. 
on the field for 91% of the snaps. This man just keeps doing it, yet nobody gives him the respect that he deserves. And this is a guy that if the owner of him drafted him late and still won't give him the respect that he puts up, this is a guy that I'm going after and I'm trying to trade for in dynasty leagues, in redrafts, everything. Brandon Cook's a guy that's going to constantly put up numbers every week. Go out and do what you can to get this guy. This guy is guaranteed, almost, almost guaranteed to be a lock in your wide receiver two spot every week. Yeah, I, I have no problems with Brandon Cooks. You know, the guy, the guy is he finds a way uh, to get himself separation. His quarterbacks all have trusted him throughout his career. He's he's definitely a guy like you said. He he, he doesn't get the the mention and the respect that he should. Um, but then again, when you have guys throwing up nine receptions for 180 some yards and two touchdowns, it's easy to to let somebody like Brandon Cooks slide to the wayside. But it needs to stop. Mm-hmm. All right, Brandon, you were you were talking about you know uh, Davis Mills and and uh, uh, Brandon Cooks there. Let's let's talk about something that may be a little concerning out of Houston, um, and that's that's. Uh, Damian Pierce and, and the hype train that left station potentially prematurely there uh, in Houston. Um, you know, I think this is one that people may be pressing the panic button on, but it may still be premature, even though I'm not a huge Damian Pierce fan. But week one, Damian Pierce saw 29% of snaps, 11 carries for 33 yards, one target, one reception for six yards. Okay, now his running back, his backfield mate is the other running back there, Rex Burkhead, the 32 years young uh, in age <laughs> running back there, uh, saw a 71% snap share with 14 carries for 40 yards, eight targets, five receptions for 30 yards. Now, obviously, it's week one. It's a divisional matchup. You want to put a rookie out, or don't want to necessarily put a rookie out there in big situations. You want somebody you can trust. And, and you know, Rex Burkhead's a guy that's been around the league enough that you, you expect him not to put the, the ball on the field um, when he's out there. But that being said, those are some some big discrepancies. What do you make of that there in, in Houston? I think that hype train was definitely all aboard for um, no reason. Um because I I could be mistaken, but I believe Burkhead was also held out of the two preseason games that, that Pierce was. Um, that was a backfield that I was kind of shying away from in the draft. Um, but, yeah, I think it's Rex Burkhead's backfield to lose. Um, they obviously trust him. Um, we know this team's going to be playing, well, I would say from behind, but they put up a decent little fight with Indy. And... Um, they were ahead for most of the game. Yeah, Andy. so this is a team that could sh- potentially make some shock waves, and if they're making those waves like they were in week one for this entire season, which I know week one we saw a lot of crazy things, but if this team stays in games, they're going to lean on Rex Burkhead more than I think the rookie. Um, not because of the, not because of a fumbling issue or anything else. But because Burkhead has been around the league, Burkhead knows how to pass block. Think about who he was with for most of his career. He's with Tom Brady. In order to play with Tom Brady, you have to pass block. We know this man's willing to do that. We know this man's willing to put his body out there and and, and help a team any way he can. And um, this this could possibly be Rex Burkhead's backfield completely. And we may be seeing his snap share go up and Damian Pierce's mm-hmm. go down even more. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something to, to, to be mindful of as the season goes on. I, I, at the very least, would 
hope that people are hesitant to put Damian Pierce in their starting lineups uh, moving forward. But again, if you if you fell in and succumbed to the hype train and drafted him in the sixth round, you may not have that luxury. Yeah, yeah. Bur- uh, Burkhead look- is a guy that I'm I'm having. I think I think when it comes down to waivers of running backs, I think you got Wilson Jr. as your one, and I think you have to have Burkhead as your two. I really do. Hey, I, honestly, I wouldn't make, couldn't make an argument against either one. They both they both uh, should have you know good roles. Obviously, we saw what Burkhead's role looks like. We'll see what what Jeff Wilson's looks like moving forward. But either one, one A, one B, there. I, I don't think it's a it's a hesitation. But I think those should be your number one and number two uh, for sure. And your running back waivers if they're available. Absolutely. Let's let's talk about another running back pairing here. <laughs> that uh, you know, it seemed clear cut and dry, uh, according to you know everybody with draft stock at least, uh, and that's the Jets' backfield. Now, granted, this is a very negative game script for the Jets. They were behind early and often, um, and so obviously we didn't get the true colors of, of how this may look if they're in a competitive game. But it's the Jets, and maybe they won't be in many competitive games. Um, so. Breeze Hall, the rookie out of Iowa State that, you know, was probably the consensus number one in most people's rookie dynasty drafts. Um, he had a 45% snap share, six carries for 23 yards, 10 targets for six receptions and 38 yards. His backfield mate, the second year running back, Michael Carter, had a 60% snap share, 10 rushes for 60 yards, nine targets for seven receptions and 40 yards. So one less target, one more reception, and and, um, significantly more yards, about 30 more yards uh, from Michael Carter than than Breeze Hall. And again, it was a negative game script, um, but you're seeing both of these guys right there in targets, and and, uh, really the only difference is the four carries. So what what do you make of this backfield, Brant? Well, they shared – by their snap percentage, they shared the field on 5% of the snaps this week. Um, but I, this is a backfield that is a true, true committee. You you said it, um, and, and the stats prove it. They both saw 9 and 10 targets, 6 to 10 carries. Um, this, is a, this is a committee until somebody takes over. And by this week, it looked like Michael Carter was the better, hotter hand. Um in fantasy wise, maybe not in game script wise, but um, this is a backfield that I would be scared to be owning anything in. Um, if you have to start one because you own them, I, I can't fault you for doing it because you don't know really what you're getting out. This is the true branch off of a 49ers backfield type situation of. The hot hand's going to get the money that week. Yeah, you know, for me, for my two cents, Brant, I actually kind of almost go the opposite way. If you own one of these two guys and the target stays consistent, <laughs> where we're talking tw- almost 20 targets going to the running backs, I think you start either one of them, you're probably happy with where that finishes. You know, um, Carter's base stat lines, you know, is uh, six points for rushing this week to go along with 11 points receiving. That's, I mean, 17 points out of a, uh, a guy who you were drafted in the 10th round or later. That's that's pretty darn impressive. And then again, you know, obviously the numbers weren't as good, but Brees Hall had around 11 points this week. Uh, again, for week one rookie, not bad. By far the best week one rookie running back numbers of, of this season, at least. 
Um, but again, if he hauls in say two more of those targets, you're talking about a much different, um, much different feeling. Uh, but I, I don't hesitate to start either one of these guys if I'm in a position where I need to play them. Okay. Um, I want to hit on something you talk about rookie running backs real fast. Kenneth Walker was just announced he will be playing week two for Seattle. Um, that will be interesting to keep an eye on this week. Um, if you miss out on some of these guys and somehow Kenneth Walker's out there on waivers in your shallow leagues, go out and get this guy. Seattle put out easily. Penny was the first and second down back. Travis Homer was the third. Well, where does Kenneth Walker work in? Well, we're going to find out this week. And if you got that extra roster spot, we all know that Pete loves to run the ball. Not going to get into what went through his head with five minutes to go in the fourth when he didn't want to run the ball. Um, apparently he had a Super Bowl relapse. And um, just let's throw the ball. But um, either way, this is a guy that I'd be stashing if I have an extra roster spot and he somehow hit waivers because of his injury scare. You know, Pete is going to turn 71 this week. They did announce that on the, on the game the other night. It very well may be that he just had a brain fart and thought Russ was still his quarterback, so he wanted to pass because the Broncos needed to put points on the board. Uh, maybe that's what maybe that's what what it was. But uh, Brant, let's let's get in let's get into this Thursday night game because this is a game that should be fairly exciting. Um, two very high powered, high potent offenses with a lot of fantasy relevancy on them, and that's that's the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Battle of two top ten quarterbacks and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. First of all, who do you think wins this game? And tell me what you're looking for about this game, Brand. I'm looking what I'm looking for. I really don't know if I want to choose a winner. I'm going to go with the Chiefs because they're at home. That's really the only leverage that I have in this game. What I'm looking for is I'm looking to see who Herbert leans on when he's missing Keenan Allen. Because we know Mike Williams has injury history. We know Keenan Allen's banged up. I'd like to know who his guy's going to be if, if, if one of his main two miss some time. Um, I think this is a uh, bounce-back game for Austin Eckler. I really do. I think they're going to have to use him, milk the clock a little bit, and keep Mahomes off the field. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see who is that number two-slash-three target getter for um, – the Chargers offense, wide receivers. The Chargers wide receivers because we know who really the number two, three target getter should be is Austin Eckler. He should be the number one probably. But uh, let's, so let's let's talk about some of these guys a little bit. So obviously Patrick Mahomes come off as the quarterback one last week. Uh, I know we talked about on our Sunday Live uh that we did in the morning that it'd be hard to, for somebody to beat Josh Allen, but uh, five touchdowns will do that through three quarters. And uh, that's what Patrick Mahomes is able to do. 39 passes for 30 completions, 360 yards, five tutties. An impressive game from him. Uh, Juju looked to be the number one wide receiver there. Uh, 66% of the snaps were Juju, eight targets, six receptions, 79 yards. Now, did have two fumbles, one they lost, one that fell out of, out of bounds. So he's going to need to get that figured out uh, to stay in that spot moving forward. Um, but as, a, as him going into, what, his fourth or fifth year at this point, he should be able to figure that out. Well, Travis Kelsey did. Travis Kelsey did Travis Kelsey things. Sixty-four percent of the snap, uh, nine targets, eight receptions, one hundred and twenty-one yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and then the surprise one that none of us saw coming. I know. Again, several people asked us Sunday morning on the live about Ceh and what our thoughts were, uh, and and we weren't necessarily crazy about Ceh. We did tell him to start him over some players, so maybe some people are happy with us. Um, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, thirty-nine percent of the snaps. 
seven rushing attempts for 42 yards, three receptions uh, on three targets for 32 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, kind of uh, uh, one of those just perfect game scripts to make it look like he went off without him really going mm-hmm. off. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, you got the, the Los Angeles Chargers. You got Justin Herbert, who was who was sneakily efficient, threw 34 passes, 26 completions, 279 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and then the rest of it was kind of, you know, not great. Well, I mean, Gerald Everett was pretty good, 66% of the, the uh, snaps, four targets, three receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. About all you can ask for a tight end, not, not in your big three, four guys. Um, and then you talked about Austin Eckler, 30 or 49% of the snaps, 14 carries for 36 yards and another 36 yards to go with four receptions uh, in the receiving game. And then the one that was probably the biggest disappointment from this Los Angeles Chargers team is Mike Williams, who was on the field for 93% of plays and only saw four targets, ended up with two receptions for 10 yards. That's woefully disappointing for Mike Williams to be on the field for 93% of snaps and only have 10 yards to show for your for your uh, your your effort on the day is pretty woeful. I imagine they will try to get the ball in his hands and let him uh, improve on that, especially in the absence of Keenan Allen this week. Absolutely, um, I'm pretty sure every single wide receiver on that team almost outperformed Mike Williams this week, and that is not a thing that I would be looking forward. To. Looking forward to um, in weeks to come. Mike Williams is going to have to step up big time um, if Keenan does miss. Um, Juju, you brought up, he was questionable, but it has been noted that he is good to go for week two. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that game got turned off pretty quick. Um, that Kansas City game did. Uh, yeah. Even the TV said, nah, Kansas. there's no point in having this one. But uh, Mahomes and them only yeah, played Can- the first Kansas. three quarters, correct? And. Kansas City, well, I, Brent, I can't tell you because the game got turned off midway through the third after Patrick Holmes threw his uh, fifth inter- or fifth touchdown. Excuse me. Uh, CBS said, uh, we're tired of watching Mahomes pick on the JV football team that's the Arizona Cardinals. Let's move on to a game that's a real contest. Uh, and so they put on the Chargers versus the Raiders. Um, but, you know, again, it was it was uh, incredible to watch if you were, you know, had any shares of the Chiefs offense. Uh, probably significantly more painful to watch if you were invested in the airs on a Cardinal side of the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a game that I was really looking forward to this week. I thought it was going to be a shootout and we were going to find out a lot of things. Um, I think really the only thing we found out is the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Um, I know I said... Is it possible that it's... Is it possible that it's not a Call of Duty issue for Kyler Murray? I, I don't think it is. Uh, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and Arizona has some kinks to work out. Apparently, when uh, your real number one guy gets suspended, um, your whole team falls to the wayside. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, so, obviously, we've talked about this live a lot. We had a blast Sunday morning on the live. Um, I know you're going to be potentially a little jet lagged this weekend, um, so potentially it may have to pivot from our eight o'clock start time that nine we had o'clock. this weekend. Nine o'clock, or excuse me, nine o'clock that we had this weekend. That'll be something we play by year. We'll, we'll post uh, on the Fantasy Holics page at what time we expect that to be able to get started. Uh, you know, again, if you're you know somebody who like me who wakes up 
at the butt crack of dawn on Sunday mornings during football season to cook a big breakfast and get in your chair and do your thinking. Tune in with us if there's some of those questions that you're on the fence about. Do I start this guy? Do I start that guy? Was week one a fluke? Was week one not a fluke? You know, jump in. Let us give our two cents on it. See where we're at. I know there there were several of you in the comment section there. and we, we had a blast Sunday morning hanging out with you guys for an hour uh, prior to kickoff. So definitely look forward to doing that again this week. Absolutely, and 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 I know I'm I'm all for it. Uh, Sunday mornings are one of my favorite mornings when the football season's on. That was a blast getting in. That was our first ever live. Great interaction with their, with our fans. Um, we we definitely. I'm gonna do my best. Uh, I get in at about uh, midnight and have a two hour drive home, so I won't be getting to bed till about two a.m. three a.m. Sunday morning. But I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna smash me a little energy drink, get me some breakfast, and we're gonna do our best. We're gonna be on at nine nine thirty, and we're gonna be with you guys for about an hour every Sunday morning. Get with us. Shoot your questions out at us. Um, we're gonna try our best to get to every single question and and. It just just any, any questions you guys got we have no problems getting on and answering on the live uh shoot us a message um if you know you got a later question or if a little bit earlier you're talking about a trade or something don't hesitate to reach out to us on the uh, fantasy holics page on the fat boys dynasty facebook page um but yeah definitely sunday mornings are sunday mornings was a blast and and i look forward to doing that all year and, and again, don't feel like you have to reach out just to us. There's several knowledgeable people on the Fantasy Holics Facebook page. Any one of them will be happy to assist you. If you want to hear the two fat boys' opinion on something, ask. But otherwise, you'd be in good hands either way. Um, uh, Brant, I'm going to beat you to the punchline because I don't want you to forget here. You said you were going to say it every thir- or every uh, week. Don't start your studs and your flexes on your Thursday night plays. Get those guys up into the wide receiver, uh, running back designated slots. Leave those flex plays for your later uh, later players. That way, in case there's injuries, you can pivot uh, as the week. Because we all know that sometimes injuries in practice happen, and, and, and you got to pivot away from those guys. Absolutely, you need you need to save that flex for Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, So, guys, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Happy to be back in season, getting ready for week two. We'll see you guys Sunday morning for those of you that are are brave enough to stop by and endure looking at the two of us. uh, uh, Slightly obese, but still very handsome people here. So, as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.